Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to go on a search for UFOs and then count down the top five fictional aliens. We've been to Area 51. We've been to Roswell. And we pretty much spend our time now on a daily basis sky watching for UFO activity. He was driving in the Sierra Nevada mountains at night and saw two basketball size dim dim lights and right before it hits the windshield he like leans over swerves it goes around the side of his car like looking in the driver window and then just stays in the road and watches the car go by and that's all he saw i want to thank you guys so much for joining us if you get a chance like download subscribe share we really appreciate it it really helps us out i think like a lot of people i have always struggled with two big questions. Are we the only intelligent life that's out there? And how do you explain these things that seem like they just can't be explained? Like what's what's really happening there? Our first guest is trying to answer those questions. This is Tim Doyle. He's a UFO investigator with the group UFO Seekers. So when did you start looking for evidence of UFOs? Well, I guess in my personal life, probably would have been decades ago uh, when I was like a late teenager, started diving into probably a lot of people's most famous first conspiracy book, which was Behind a Pale Horse. And more recently, uh, what people see publicly with UFO seekers, that all started in 2016. And what had happened is just had some changes in my personal life and ended up moving uh, to a different location in California. I moved to Bakersfield, and that's where I met my current partner in life, uh, Tracy. And when we first started dating and hanging out, I guess you could say, uh, about 45 minutes from our house is the Mojave Desert Edwards Air Force Base, uh, Plant 42, the Air Force Production Plant. Vandenberg Air Force Base is like the other direction where they're doing rocket launches and missile tests and stuff like that. And at the mountains here right next to our home, like 15 minutes away, is also where they're doing military experiments. So like in 1986, uh, an F-117, the stealth fighter before it was public, actually crashed about 15 minutes from my house here. 
And so with all of that kind of military activity and strange stuff happening, and we just ended up started seeing things. And I've simultaneously, I developed a passion for finding the truth behind UFOs, going out sky watching, looking at the sky and our content on YouTube kind of started to take off and, and people started watching and we started gaining subscribers. And that's kind of where we are now. It's about three years later. And I've been to places like Area 51 in Roswell. Of course, it's uh, me and my partner, Tracy, so it's we. We've been to Area 51. We've been to Roswell. and uh, But we pretty much spend our time now on a daily basis sky watching for UFO activity. But mostly we spend our time just using uh, camera equipment like military-grade night vision, uh, optical cameras, full spectrum, stuff like that. So when we're talking about UFOs, are we talking about aliens or are we talking just about something that's in the sky that we can't explain? Uh, you've literally just asked like the the kryptonite question, you know, because if you watch, you know, television or you're talking to kind of a quote unquote like UFO celebrity, it's, you know, very popular for people to say UFOs are real and it's like a thing like this UFO is like a thing and it's real. Uh, over the years, I've kind of tamed myself better, and being uh, what I would consider like a serious investigator, what I like to say is UFO sightings are real. So there are real people who see real observations in the sky, and those sightings are real things. Now, when we're talking about what those are, I tend to fall like to the military side. And if we wanted to put it like in statistics – I would go on record to say like 98% of things that people see are related to military, atmospheric phenomenon, uh, private space programs, private contractor programs. But then there's still like 2% that people can't explain or maybe we don't know where they are. If we wanted to go into a philosophical discussion, instead of just saying aliens, which is kind of – what I consider like a postmodern view of aliens, because if we're looking back to like the early 1900s and we're reading newspaper articles or looking at people who would have debates or speculate on the topic of aliens, it was called Martians. And that's because as like telescopes were evolving and we started getting closer and closer visually to seeing what was on Mars, people were expecting that these quote unquote aliens were Martians, and that's what everyone considered them was Martians. So if we want to get down like into a philosophical uh, discussion about what those unexplained things are, you know, to me, it could be a god. It could be the creator, whoever created this. If it's a computer simulation and they're running coding and someone who's tasked with watching what is inside of the simulation, I mean, if they're inserting themselves into the coding like we'd see in a movie like Matrix, you know, maybe that light in the sky or a light that burns an object on the ground, maybe that's the watchers or the angels or whatever phasing in. So I really try not to get stuck to that postmodern, you know, ancient aliens history channel version of what these aliens are because i feel that's more of a like i said like a more modern hollywood take on it and i don't think it, it's that narrow i think it's more broad 
And like I said, being someone who believes in intelligent design, because I don't believe that something can come from nothing. I don't believe that order and systematic repetitiveness comes from randomness. So I'm not a big believer in just random evolution. I believe that there's an intelligent design behind what we're looking at. And I really think that kind of gets overlooked when we're talking about these UFOs and those things kind of parallel themselves. So when you see something that that you feel like you can't explain, it's not the kind of traditional thought that somebody might have is like, oh, there's a little green man up there. Correct. And, and in fact, it became... It almost became – it's something I couldn't see before. So before I was a UFO investigator and spent time in the field looking at the sky, capturing photos of things I thought were a UFO and then ran home just to find out it was a Janet flight line uh, landing at Area 51. Uh, one time we were sky watching. We caught an object reentering the atmosphere. Um, and burning up in the atmosphere, there was no explanation for it. You could call it a UFO, but four days later, we confirmed it was an Iridium communications satellite that had got retired and deorbited. So there's been so many times where I've seen something and kind of been disappointed, you know, once it came to review. So I don't like to point straight to one answer over the other, although there are strange things happening out there. For instance, right now, Tracy and I, have been investigating a sighting here in the Sierra Nevada mountains back in February of this year. He was driving in the Sierra Nevada mountains at night and saw two basketball size dim, dim lights like flying next to his vehicle. So this guy is driving through a, a mountain Canyon, steep canyons and up above his car, 50 feet, 100 feet next to the car, he sees two basketball-sized lights flying next to him. One comes down into the road in front of him while he's still driving full speed and then starts coming back towards him, towards the windshield. And right before it hits the windshield, he like leans over, swerves. It goes around the side of his car, like looking in the driver window, and then just stays in the road and watches the car go by, and that's all he saw. And so there are weird things happening like this. And Tracy and, and I, the only weird thing we've really captured in our perspective was in the same general area. And it was back in 2017. We were watching low-flying jets practice in the Sierra Nevada mountains because uh, we spend so much time in the field. We kind of know where they fly and their practice routes. So we had spent time uh, photographing jets, military jets. And later in the afternoon, after they were done, we were randomly taking pictures all over the place. And upon review, we saw this spherical, cloudy-type ball, like 20 to 40 feet in diameter, in rapid shot pictures in about a second, one second, come from out of the sky and travel probably, uh, I want to say like a fifth of a mile in a downward direction into a canyon where there was people, like camping. So these low-fly jets will fly over people. You know, it's commonplace up here if you're a local and, you know, we all know about it. But this was that same type of object. And then add on top of that, if people have watched our YouTube videos, there was a gentleman from the 80s that we covered who gave us witness testimony where he was fishing near Beale Air Force Base, which is north of us, still in the Sierra Nevada mountains. 
and him and his cousin were fishing and a spherical ball that was transparent and barely lit floated right above their heads, like 10 feet above their heads and just floated there and then went out over the water and then up into the air. And I have more of these ball type sightings. So, you know, out, I, I never knew before there was like this UFO community. And so I am very hard to digest uh, for a lot of these people because I'm not willing to just jump off the cliff into a theory or to speculate on something. And I would be way more comfortable saying that these are military because I know definitively a military exists. And I don't have definitive scientific proof of an alien that has been presented to me scientifically. So that's why, you know, we try to kind of waver towards the military perspective. But um, in saying that, you can see how there are strange things happening, which are very hard to explain. In your opinion, how come when there is something that is hard to explain, why do some people seem to go that this must be, you know, aliens or UFOs or anything like that, and other people just discount that and say, no, this thing that you can't explain must have some explanation that's simple that we just don't know about. Like, why do people seem to react in such t stark differences? <laughs> right. I think that's more of just primal, like our our primitive, deep-down belief systems. And it's deeper than just the UFO topic. It's almost similar to what you could say about partisan politics or if you're looking at a judgment in a court where you present evidence, you always have like a 50-50 split down the middle where one, you know, people see one thing and others see another. And unfortunately, I think the majority of us, I being one of those people before I started this journey, who only look for reinforcing evidence to reinforce what we believe ourselves, you know, we're not looking, you know, dissenting evidence and that's kind of who I am at heart is I am unfortunately like the guy who searches for the dissenting evidence. And when everyone's on one side of the ship, I'm kind of on the other. So you, you nailed it, though. That's I mean, that's how it is. Unfortunately, there are people who kind of monetize the reaching of the conclusion. And so they need to bring people along and for those in the UFO community who know UFO seekers, we don't participate in like ufo conferences you know uh those big like celebrity conferences where people come to kind of hear theories or they go through workshops uh stuff like that uh so just know that where i'm coming from for you and your audience we aren't the type that participate in that uh we literally 100 percent just spend our time in the field looking for ufos uh, activity truth what's going on at these military bases, we try to put it into the videos and bring people that in reality. Real scientists and people who take these things serious, who are constantly looking at the sky, and they aren't seeing the things that were shown on, you know, paranormal caught on camera on the travel channel, and all these shows which tell us that there's something happening every second around every corner. And so we really have, have tried hard by spending our time at, at these main facilities to show people it's not so commonplace for these types of things to happen to help the UFO community find the real evidence. But it's providing this evidence to people 
to kind of help take away the ammunition of the well-paid celebrities out there who are on TV who kind of use people's belief systems uh, to sell tickets. When you get reports of UFO sightings, is there a general pattern that they seem to follow? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't say so. They're, they're so much different. Unfortunately, I think if you're a serious investigator, if someone wants to know what it's like, they should just watch Cops or uh, Live PD. And kind of that same percentage is misleading. And I really hate to like tell people this, uh, but I do consider myself serious. There are people who will lie. It's similar to when you're watching cops and they catch someone and the guy says, like, they're not my pants when there's something like in his pants that he has on. And the guy says, like, these aren't my pants like there. You still have that kind of similar percentage. So as a serious investigator, you really need to make sure that you're smart enough to hold back and not get yourself involved in what's being reported and then finding those real ones like. The one I had told you about these basketball objects appearing next to the gentleman's vehicle, this guy called me for weeks, and I do that to these people. So there's, there's, there have been scientists who have studied the topic of UFOs for a long time. People should know, like almost 70 years now. And so they've managed to kind of pick out the commonalities that exist in the UFO community, such as investigators – or people on social media or television who just promote everything. And that's a problem because then there's no look at what is serious. And if you just promote everything, then everything has to be taken as real. And so we really try to slow down. We don't let people just send us a picture and then we regurgitate it because that's kind of where you end up uh, promoting hoaxes. So for instance, in 2017, 2018, There was this Peruvian mummy that was going around online, promoted by the biggest celebrities, uh, one of the the nation's top radio paranormal shows, this Peruvian mummy that had been uncovered. And it was an alien. It looked like an alien. And it was getting promoted like it was an alien. And come to find out that it was actually a mummy that they had taken pieces of other things and actually created little bone structure pieces and attached them to this mummy and then taking pictures and taking video of it. So just that example, people can use to see that even high level individuals will lie and use the topic to make revenue or to get something or be famous or to get on a TV show. So you really have to be careful, slow down um, and really pick out, you know, who you feel is telling you the truth. But still, I mean, you don't even know. This is one of the scariest topics I've ever been involved in. And people should know that, you know, me and you have been talking about this alien question. And and I'm really glad that you picked me to talk to because now I'm going to make it dead serious for for people so they understand the military value of what we're doing. And it's something I didn't understand before. And I always wondered why a UFO investigator would, like, get killed by the men in black or would, you know, disappear. Now, the true reality is with UFO sightings. The military is interested in these things because they could be military. I want people to think about Roswell and then think about that they've never heard of a foreign craft crashing on American soil. And I want them to think hard 
about how the government could keep you thinking that you're in a utopia and a foreign enemy can never reach the United States soil and start thinking to yourself, how could the government use the topic of aliens or UFOs to kind of cover up things like that that might happen? And so intrinsically, UFO sightings are extremely valuable to the government. And that's where it becomes dangerous because what we're doing is going out and following around Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Boeing, and they have all of these secret tests and operations going on. And inherently, you're capturing these operations going on, global hawk testing, new UAS system testing. And so so there's lots of secret military operations that are 50 years ahead that people don't know about. And so a lot of what is involved in these UFO sightings is that technology and people observing those things. Now, if you go back to 1960s and the SR-71, the SR-71 actually had an autonomous drone that attached to the back of it and it attached between the rear tail fin wings, uh, the upward wings. And the SR-71, which was using stealth paint, right, because stealth was actually invented in like 1941 by a scientist who created paint that could absorb radar frequencies or radio frequencies. And so the SR-71, which was already stealth and a stealth aircraft, could fly to about seventy to 90,000 feet and had an autonomous drone that looked just like a third SR-71 engine and would detach and using radio control in the 60s, the government would fly this thing autonomously. So now I want people to take that into perspective and how far beyond our thinking the government and the military is. And that's a lot of what we're looking at here. So it's not just about being stuck to this alien question. It's not just being stuck to the creators of whatever we're looking at in intelligent design. It's also being extremely wary of the government and the military and what they're doing out there because that's what we're seeing. Are you ready for the harder slash listener submitted questions? (laughs) I am ready. Totally ready. What did you think of the storming of Area 51 that was going on, that whole topic that kind of rose to prominence last year? Or was it is it last right. year or is it this year? Last year, right? Uh, I think it was last year. <laughs> Time is moving so fast now. What did you see? Is you, what did you think as you kind of saw that built up or build up rather? Yeah. See, and that's – we weren't fans of that happening at all, like zero percent. Um. I mean, I don't mean to get harsh about it, but I'm going to get harsh about it. You know, to me, I viewed it as a terrorist attack, like a domestic terrorist attack on an Air Force facility. And I view it as extremely dangerous, even promoting such activity to the public. But that's what happens when celebrities are telling people things exist there definitively. I mean, the whole reason people were there was because there's a Las Vegas journalist who calls himself a journalist, who was telling people Zeta Reticuli aliens have been in Area 51 for decades and have been here on Earth for 10,000 years. So it's not hard to think that the public or people who take them serious because they said they're serious to want to go find out these things. I mean, especially the impact on society. If you unveiled uh, alien evidence, it would change religion, our perspective on the universe. It would change science. It would help the poor with the alien technology. 
So it makes sense that people would want to go retrieve that. Um, so that's why we're very cautious. In fact, people would probably look at the content I have online and frown upon it because there's lots of video pictures of military facilities. But it never comes with uh, negativity towards the military as if those people are hiding something from me. Obviously, I think the leadership in the military makes bad decisions, are the ones who have secrets. I really think the military just burns our money and has tons of technology that would change our economy in a good way. I think the military has trillions upon trillions of dollars it's spent on underground facilities. I have family members who've been in them. They have railroads, they have freeways, they have cities underground that no one knows about, and that's where all the budgets went. And so it's those things that I feel are very concerning. And I wish that the passion that people had towards picking out that alien evidence from Area 51 would be pointed towards the government and the policies of the military and what they're doing with this money. Do you think when you look at some of the kind of well-known kind of alien sighting, UFO sighting things that have happened throughout history, you know, that people know about, the Phoenix Lights, Roswell, do any of those right. kind of stand out at you as being like, oh, I don't actually think that one was real? Or have has an easy right. explanation and people no, accept it? No, I think it. both aren't real. I, I'll tell you right now, they both aren't real. People can go look at the Roswell uh, testimony. Okay, first off, they need to stop listening to people who weren't there. And if they want to listen to someone who was at Roswell, they should read Mac Brazel's testimony that exists in the newspaper. And now what most people won't tell you was Brazel had already found two other balloons on his property. So if we're going to go to Roswell, Mac Brazel was out there. He was a ranch hand, just like where I live in Bakersfield. No different. Okay, It's an agriculture, a ranch, cattle place. It's the same thing here in Bakersfield. And so this really nice guy, Mac Brazel, is just a ranch hand, and he's out uh, moving cattle, and he finds – this is written in the newspapers, Brazel's testimony. So don't believe anybody else. Go pull the newspapers, or you can go on my website and read the newspapers. Brazel himself says that he came across uh, sticks and a foil, foil-looking material. Nothing more than like three feet in size. No burning, no fire, no uh, no depression from a hard impact crash. He literally just found materials, these uh, little twigs, sticks, and, a, and an aluminum foil type material spread out throughout shrubbery and brushes. So Brazel collects them, puts them like in a ball, and stuffs them under a bush. And so Brazel's brother-in-law tells him about this reward of $5,000 for pieces of a Martian UFO, a Martian spaceship, because that's what everyone thinks it is. And that's when Brazel takes his family back with his kids, and they go and collect this, these sticks in this brush, some of them. And then they call the Roswell sheriff who comes out. They go. They pick up some more of it. Then they call the Roswell military guy. They come out. They Take it to the Roswell military guy, and it's an Army intelligence officer. Okay, Brazel in the newspaper articles tells the military guy this is not a UFO. I don't say it's nothing. I don't want to say it's anything. I found these pieces. I'm an American, and I want to help my government. 
here are the pieces of this thing I found on a ranch, plus there's a reward if it's something. The Army intelligence officer destroys Brazel's life, Brazel's family, and the ranch owners who own the ranch and tells the entire world they found a flying disc and just leaves it at that. So the government completely threw him under the bus because White Sands Missile Range is right there. And they didn't want anybody looking. And they didn't want anybody looking at the sky anymore to see the supersonic jet technology they were creating. Uh, I mean, it was 62. They were already flying the X-15 to space. And that's what they are trying to stop people from, from looking. They want you to believe the guy on TV who tells you the gray aliens are everywhere because they don't want you to go to Edwards Air Force Base and look at their airplanes and kind of help this disinformation. I mean, if we're looking at the Phoenix Lights, it's a flare. It's literally like eight flares, right? You're looking at a video of the mountain and you're watching eight flares or however many it is. I don't know the number offhand. I'm just uh, guessing falling down behind the mountain. I mean, am I crazy? I feel like I'm Ugatu and Zoolander and I'm going – all the looks look the same. I mean, Blue Steel, Magnum, it's the same look. And I'm looking at the Phoenix lights going, hey, these are just flares falling behind a hillside. But you do have like this hysteria that gets built up. And so there's an investment in the marketing behind these sightings. If there ever is kind of a little green man, so to speak, that just appears on a press conference one day, that like everything is confirmed, what do you think happens to society? Well, honestly, I don't think anything changes. I mean, Star Trek has already been running for since what, the late 60s? I, honestly, I don't think anything changes at all. The only thing that's going to change is technology. And that's the good part about it. So I don't, I don't view aliens, extraterrestrials as a negative thing or a threat. Sometimes I even wonder if they just look like you and me, Nick. Like, who's not to say that we fly out into the universe and land on a planet and they just look like us? I mean, who's to say it's not just farther back and there's dinosaurs there? Why does it have to be always this gross, distorted-looking, scary, communist, never wears any clothing so they all look the same and are branded the same type of alien races? And that's what <laughs> really doesn't make sense to me. And anyone who's watched Star Trek First Contact, it's so funny because they, they put two different versions of when the Vulcans first came down because the humans made warp drive and the Vulcans were flying by and detected the warp signature. And so the Vulcans flew down to Earth and came to see who made the warp engine and to talk to them because that was unlocking of the next step to traversing the universe. And there was two different versions when the Vulcans landed. And one was when the Vulcan came out of the spaceship, the people attacked him. And then there was another version where everyone was excited to see them and the warp drive inventor went up and shook their hand and initiated first contact. And so I really see, you know, those two separate sides. We have people who consider this a threat and want you to attack the Vulcans. And then we have other people who want to embrace the diversity of the universe and, and let's see what's out there. Anything else that you think that we've missed or anything else that you'd like to add or anything like that? You know, a lot of the times I feel like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> it's like, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people I meet think I'm a full believer because this is what we do. 
investigating UFO sightings. I'm a full believer in the alien that exists now. And I just, I don't want people to view me as the Grim Reaper where I'm destroying theories, their beliefs, um, or other speculative beliefs. There are strange things happening. No one has an answer. Um, I just really want people to, to know to look for evidence. So when someone tells you that an Egyptian pyramid was made by an alien race, all I ask is that you look for the proof of the aliens doing it. You know, the UFO community is a joke, and it's a joke to society. I know because I drive around a car with UFO seekers on it, and I get laughed at constantly. And I work every day to try to change that perspective and that point of view by teaching people and educating people such as in this discussion we're having right now. And that is going to lead us to the real truth. Do you think that more people believe – I'll use this very broad speaking – but do you think that more people kind of believe that there is something else, whatever that something else could possibly be out there, than would let on? Say, make fun of the UFO secret car, but secretly also believe that something could exist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And uh, being a philosophical type person like I am, you know, I'm looking at why they're laughing. They're laughing because what I'm searching for is a threat to their belief system. I want to thank Tim so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we have also included his information on the RSS feed that's in this podcast. You can also check out his YouTube channel, and there you'll see some of the videos that he's talking about. I think just going back and forth in that conversation... It's, I think it's such a fine line because there was definitely times where I felt like, oh, I don't know about that, man. But there was also times where I thought, you might be right. And that's such a fine line. And that's why I think that ultimately when we're talking about a subject like this, something where you really can't maybe fully explain it and it just comes down to what somebody believes it does ultimately tell you so much about that person based on what they believe like a believer is going to believe and a skeptic is just going to push it aside and i think that you can probably extrapolate that throughout so many other things in their life as well okay now let's go ahead and give john shaw a call Do you think aliens are out there? Uh, I do, yes, to a certain degree. What do you mean to a certain degree? So t- this is a d- I'm going to sound stupid as I, I normally probably always do. Why do you always uh, preface it? Why do you always preface it by I'm going to sound stupid? Like you're setting yourself up. You should just say it. If you don't say that it's going to be stupid ahead of time, I don't think as many people would think that it was stupid. I, I maybe I just I understand I, I think I preface it because I understand that it's not a a very smart thing to say but it's just the way I feel okay one let's way or the other let's start this over and pretend like we're gonna rewind it and start again and this time don't say this may sound stupid okay ring 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 <laughs> hello do you believe in aliens do you think they're real yes why uh believe in the concept of other beings being out there i don't know if i believe that 
they look like little green men. Okay, that's not stupid at all. I think that's the exact same opinion that I have. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, I, I get a lot of hate, rightfully so, for my dinosaur thought process. However, I I think there's been enough evidence that there is at least life somewhere, whether it's extraterrestrial or not, that I'm like, okay. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything about evidence. Like, I can't think of any evidence necessarily that there's life on other planets. I just feel that, I mean, with billions and billions of galaxies and stars and etc., that just there has to be. Purely because of the sheer numbers involved, I feel like there has to be. I don't think that your opinion was stupid. I think that you need to really start not downplaying yourself and have a little more confidence in your own opinions. Maybe, maybe if we have more positivity between us, then I will, you know, I will not feel so abused uh, when I give my opinion. Okay, tell me something that you did over the last week that you think will elevate my opinion of you. Like, make me feel positive about you. Uh, well, you don't care about any of the good stuff I did. What um, was it for other people? So I will tell you that I, I ate eight eggs on Saturday morning. Wait a minute. <laughs> Holy crap. Wait a minute. Okay. You individually ate all eight or? Yes. And it it turned into this big thing at my house. I made eight eggs thinking I was going to split them up amongst my younger, my younger child and my wife. Scrambled? Scrambled? How did you do it? They were scrambled. Um, Okay. Solid. Did you put cheese? Now, do you put cheese in the eggs or do you wait and like sprinkle the cheese on top of them afterwards? Uh, I usually do both. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Keeping it fat kid style. I like it. <laughs> well, anyways, I made them. My, my wife had, had gone to take a nap because she was with the, with the, the, our newborn. My youngest wasn't like, I think she had just eaten some cereal, so I didn't think she was hungry. So I made them for myself and ate them. And then when my wife got up, she was very upset that she didn't have any and then my 18-month-old started in on the, the emotional roller coaster, and it turned out that I was an asshole. But I will tell you this. They were fantastic while I was eating them, and I don't regret it. Okay. All right. I'm glad that you had that many eggs. First of all, you said that your youngest didn't want any. Isn't your youngest like three weeks old? Why are you trying to give eggs to a newborn baby? <laughs> I'm at my eight, my 18-month-old, not my not my youngest. Yeah, my youngest is three weeks. I'm, I'm very... I don't know how you know that, but yes, uh, besides that, you can count and do general math. Um, but yeah, she is three weeks old. Okay. All right. Let me, how did you That's, feel after eating eight eggs? No different. E- either I am that far gone as a human with my weight or eight scrambled eggs. I would argue to say that eight scrambled eggs isn't that many. Like, it's a lot, but like, it's not that much compare comparatively, like to maybe one like three quarter pound burger. You know what I mean? Not really, but I actually wouldn't. I mean, I, I can go through five or six for a dinner and not really feel like that. I'll put five or six in a breakfast burrito and eat two breakfast burritos. So I think actually eight is probably not that much. So basically, the one thing that you just put forward as a positive thing in your life really doesn't really amount to anything. It's just anything every average man can do. So you deserve no credit for this. <laughs> Either way, you're going to turn around that I deserve. No, I, I could have told you I saved a uh, uh, an elderly woman from a fire, and you're still going to turn around 
You're one <laughs> credit for the shit that you're supposed to do. Just for the record, I've never actually saved anybody from a fire. Though uh, so I, I, I probably would if I had the chance. Have you ever saved someone's life? Like legitimately saved someone's life? No, I don't think so. Probably not. Okay. I saved a woman from getting rear-ended by a, a vehicle on the highway going like 75 miles an hour. But that was about it. How did you – did you stop the car with your hands? How did you save her? <laughs> so we, we were all coming to a stop. Uh, and this person, like I, I had, I had, she had stopped and I was coming to a stop and I saw this person behind me. Uh, I was in the right lane. She was in the left lane, by the way. And I saw this person just speeding. So like at the last second, I kind of cut over and the person realized and they like went off into the median and, uh, kind of scuffed up their car. But I, I don't think they would have like realized had like that little motion of me getting into that lane. Wait a minute. So you're claiming that you saved this person from being rear-ended? It really just sounds like you caused an accident. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I saved their life, but if, if I... No, you didn't. Feel... You almost killed the other person. No, because they I, I knew that they were going to see me get over, or I was hoping, and then they were going to go off onto the shoulder. They went off onto the meeting. They were fine, by the way. Did they but... keep driving or did they stop? Well, they eventually stopped once they were in the median, but the only reason I say that, and I'm not, I'm not saying I did, that's why I don't know if I did, right? But it really kind of sounds like you, if I hadn't have changed lanes and this person for some reason had clicked on their brain, like, oh man, like traffic stopped up there, they probably would have ran dead end, you know, hauling ass 75 miles an hour into a stopped vehicle. Okay. But when the person stopped, did they get out and say, hey, thanks, man? I didn't realize that car in front was stopped until you changed lanes, or did they yell at you for making them swerve over to the side? She was pretty shaken up. I don't really remember anything about her other than she was like kind of grateful that she didn't cause an accident other than her car going into the median. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say 60% you may have avoided an accident, 40% chance you just caused an accident. And I don't know which one you really did. It kind of sounds like both, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's it's not, like I said, it's probably not heroic at all. But I, I feel like at the time I had an SUV. I think it was like a small sedan. And it was like, oh, well, if she's going to run into me, at least I have a truck. And instead of her just plowing into the back end of this poor little car. That was my thought process. For people who are new to this podcast or maybe tuning in, this is the this is the thing that I love about John is that he can make a complete contradiction in the same sentence and just move on like nothing happened. Like I used to have an SUV, it was a sedan. Those are two different things. And he just blew through it like a stop sign. Like there's just it's so true. So what happens? I, I don't know. You probably don't remember the story, but it, my life is pretty much like the the story I told a while back, one of our first episodes about how I helped out an old man uh, who had a flat tire or, or something automotive, and basically after I helped him out, he said, "I didn't really want your help," but that's kind of my life. I you know you think you're doing the right thing, who knows if you actually are? Well, so. that's a general man rule. Unless I am pinned underneath a vehicle and am physically incapable of lifting it off of me, no man wants another man's help with anything. Like, you just embarrassed that guy by trying – you basically said, hey, look, you're too old to change this tire, so let me do it, old man. Get out of the way. 
You're of no <laughs> use to society anymore. Get the long, get the let the young buck through. You probably pissed the guy off. Like you overstepped your bounds there. I'm, I'm not sure how we went from extraterrestrials to to this becoming a podcast about my life, but uh, I, I'm sure people don't really care. I just wish you would make better decisions. All right. Well, um, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get to the. <laughs> To some some shout outs. Uh, we'll start with Ron, Stephanie, Chris, Crystal, Reynolds. Um, you can check us out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we'll continue here. Uh, Surendra, Nate, Blake, Jeremy, Hannah, Sam, Pistol Pete. Appreciate you checking us out on Twitter. Uh, Cullen, Devin, and Heather. That's who gets the, uh, the special shout outs this week. Check us out. Like I said, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook profoundly pointless. That's really what is all that's posted. Any of those as uh, God, stuff, but wrap it up. You uh, lost right, track. Here we go. <laughs> I, I I'm wrapped up. I'm wrapped up. Uh, all good, nice and snugly here. All right. Um, after this pandemic is over, which are you more likely to do? Go on an airplane or go on a cruise? Oh, airplane, dude. I'm not going on a cruise ship of fucking death at all. <laughs> The like, air- not, not, like, never. Never. The airplane has to land. The cruise ship could stay out at sea as long as they want to make you stay out at sea. Like, you can't keep that airplane up there. It's got to land eventually. Cruise ship? No. I'm not ever going on a fucking cruise ship. Uh, let's see here. Fruit roll-ups or gummy bears? Fruit roll-ups. I mean, fruit roll-ups, you feel like you're eating a little bit more. Like, gummy bears just go by too fast. Yeah, I... I'm, I, I would go with gummy bears, but I'm not a big fan of fruit roll-ups, so that's why. But Okay. Do you toast your bread, or do you just eat your bread, like, normally? Like, no. st- out, off the loaf? No, I don't, I don't like toasted bread. I don't understand the point of it. it. It makes it taste worse. It takes more work. There's really no point. And are you... It's kind of a sub-question, and I'm just curious now. Are you? Are you a... Like, save the end pieces to last guy? Do you like them? Do you eat them? Do you give them to your dog? No, I mean, I get rid of them. I don't want to deal with that. Nobody wants to. They're called heels, by the way. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, look at yeah, This is an educational podcast. Yeah, I mean, I thought everybody pretty much knew that. But anyway, <laughs> I thought this was going to be easy. It actually was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And and for so we can introduce it. Actually, I should probably just do that as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's top five fictional alien characters. What's your number five? Uh, Alf. Okay, I thought about Alf. Like I think a lot of people of a certain generation are gonna put Alf, but he means nothing to me, so I didn't put him on there. But that's the one a lot of people have heard of, though. Yeah, I. I mean, I put him on there he's, he's popular obviously kind of like you said certain generation i fall into that generation uh you know he's awesome i had the fucking stuffed animal electronic bear growing up uh what so is yeah, he Alf supposed is my number five what is he supposed to be is he a bear he's just an owl. <laughs> that's what i just said but then as soon as i said that I, I i'm thinking he's probably not a bear yeah i don't think he is um i'm not really sure what like a dog like a space dog I think he's a space dog. My, I, I'm looking at my list. I actually didn't put numbers next to any of them, so I'm just going to pick it on the fly because I feel like so many of them, you could make a strong argument for them being number one or number two. My number five, though, I'm going to go with Thanos. 
Uh, you you have a love for Thanos. You've put him on several top five lists before for certain things, so I, it does not surprise me. I could have put him much higher than that and felt pretty okay with it, really. But I feel like other people would shoot him down. What's your number four? <laughs> uh, the Predator. Oh, he is an alien, isn't it? Yeah. Man, that's a, that's a pretty good one. That's definitely up there. Do you think, though, do you have the alien higher than the Predator? I do, yes. Okay, that's legit. That movie's more... There was more good alien movies than good Predator movies, so that's why I feel like that's legit. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think for both the series, the first one, obviously, is where it's at, and they all kind of... I mean, Aliens 2 was good, but other than that, I don't know. Name me another Predator, like you said. Predator vs. Alien, that was a pile of shit. Yeah, it's really only the first Predator, which in my opinion contains the greatest action movie sequence of all time, where they're in the gun, within the jungle, and they're all shooting the guns. That's like action movie, action movie. If an action movie made a movie about action movies, that movie would be the scene in the action movie. Wow. I you, Yes, whatever you just said, because all I heard was action movie. Let me follow that up with my number four, my boy Worf. <laughs> Oh, that's a you know what I that that one like escaped my mind. That's a good one, actually. Actually, my number four is Worf tied with Spock. <laughs> I saw Spock. I I, I don't know. I, I'm these are our personal lists. I, I'm not. I've never been a Star Trek fan, so okay. He's my on my honorable mention. What's your number three? Uh the thing from the thing. Okay, I don't think that deserves to be on there at all. I mean, in, in terms of, I, I mean, there's a bunch of things I, I, I was thinking of. It's iconic. The movie's iconic. It can morph into other people. It can morph into animals. Like, that's it's just badass to me. I've never seen it. I just have never a vague recollection. The, movie, the thing? I just have a vague recollection that it's actually the dog. And I saw something <laughs> on YouTube where the guy who's yelling at somebody before they shoot him was actually speaking in a foreign language that that's not a dog. <laughs> You are, I mean, you've at least seen a movie clip of it. I have. Uh, you don't like scary things, so you're not going to, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you haven't watched it. No, I, I can't, I can't handle scary stuff. My number three is E.T. Okay, that's my number two. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could see with it being a little higher, but I think my, my next two, my number two is Clark Kent. Okay. That uh, I saw, I saw that you know when I was just looking around. I, I don't know. I, I honorable mention for me. I mean, it's Superman. I know. I I guess the the reason why he didn't make my list and this doesn't make any sense to me. But I didn't put him on. It's like I don't think of him as an alien. I understand that. That's actually the only reason I put him as number two. I really think that if you're talking about fictional characters, like you can't really get much higher than Superman, but I don't think of him as an alien, so I only put him at number two. Yeah, I don't think of him as an alien either. Okay, so what's your number one then? It's I think we both have the same number one, and it should be Alien from Alien. Okay, I don't even have it on my list or my honorable mention. <laughs> okay, so what's your number one then? I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. Yoda. Okay, so <laughs> I was going to put him on my list. I could not find if he was actually classified as an alien what the fuck he's not a human being what the fuck do you think he is i know but then i went down this rabbit hole of all these star wars 
uh, creature classifications. And just to be safe, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. He might be an alien. He might not. I can't find out exactly what he is. What? So I'm going to leave him off the list. You've seen him, right? Like, how could you not think that's an alien? Like, like I said, I, I, I'm i open. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I couldn't find definitive one way or the other that he is. And a lot of the other lists I looked at for aliens didn't have him on there. So I was like, maybe he isn't an alien. Or maybe he's not classified as an alien. I don't know. As a Star Wars fanboy, I can actually explain this if you would like to hear it. George Lucas specifically kept Yoda's backstory mysterious because he wanted to be very mysterious. And they have intentionally never said what Yoda's species is or where the species is from because they want to keep them mysterious. But yes, from the fact that he has ears like he does, he's like one foot tall and is green. I think that's fair to say that he's an alien. And I, I don't disagree with you. If if I were to put if if I were to classify him as an alien, I would have probably put him, you know, three or four on my list. Okay, what's in your honorable mention? <laughs> uh, you know, not not a whole lot. I have the Coneheads. Okay, that's a good one. Um, those aliens from The Simpsons. I don't I don't know their names. Kodos and Kang. I have them. Jesus. Uh, yes, Kodos and Kang. <laughs> um. And then I, I also put on the uh, the the dinosaur baby from uh, the dinosaurs, but I don't know if that's a alien. I assume it is, but I, I don't know. It's um, a fucking dinosaur. How is that an alien? It lived on the planet Earth. We don't know. I, like oh, I said, you're going to say the dinosaur? We're trying to find classification. I couldn't find classification as to where it came from. Because everybody knows that dinosaurs were here. They didn't come from outer space. Dinosaurs anyway. weren't aliens. You know that. Oh my! Right, sure, yeah, but I I couldn't find like maybe they came from like outer space. I don't I don't I couldn't find like where they came from. Like maybe they were part of an, a dinosaur alien, you know, uh, life or something or family. I don't know. Can you tell people where you went to high school and college so that they can avoid that at all costs? <laughs> I mean, you're trying to say Yoda's a uh, an alien. I don't know. Maybe he's a dinosaur. Also, dinosaurs weren't fictional. How were they not fictional? They were talking. The dinosaur was an actual real thing. Right. I'm talking about the show, The Dinosaurs, not no. actual dinosaurs. Look, we they may have talked to each other. They may have had a great family life. We don't know that, but we know that they were real. Listen, I, I don't want to get into this dinosaur talk again. I, 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 it <laughs> doesn't matter. Shocking. I just don't know how to feel. <laughs> That my boy right now is claiming the dinosaurs are aliens. <laughs> no, that's that's. Let, let me let me clear the air. I, I'm not saying dinosaurs are aliens by any means, but <laughs> I couldn't remember if they were like dinosaurs that came from like a uh, an alien planet or something. Oh, you mean in the show? Yes. Okay, I mean, no, they're just dinosaurs, man. It's dinosaurs living their dinosaur life. That's what I was talking about the whole time. Not that dinosaurs are aliens. I understand now why you were so upset. I was furious with you. I was about to just start mailing you books on any topic (laughs) whatsoever. Just going to mail you any kind of book. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clear this all up, that's not. Of course, I know dinosaurs lived on the on this fucking earth. I got that. I was talking about the TV show Dinosaurs. Okay. Sure. Jesus. 
Okay. Anything else on your honorable mention? <laughs> Cats, I, perhaps? I put, put Marvin the Martian on there. Ooh, that's a good one. I ha- I thought about going that for top five. He's pretty iconic for for maybe not our age group, but the age groups above us. He's pretty far uh, up there. Then I put Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, but that, that was about it. Okay. Um, I had Goku from Dragon Ball, Alien. Oh, that's, a, that's a great one. Yeah, I thought about putting that higher, but I thought a lot of people wouldn't necessarily... And he's kind of raised on Earth. Anyway, uh, I have all of the Thundercats. They were aliens. Wow. I See, I once again, that's a different... Like, I, I don't know Thundercats, so... Apparently, I don't know dinosaurs either. No, I know Lino. That's about it. Lino and El Panthro. They just put O's at the name of basically. They just pretty much put an O at the name. It's it's like it's like a redneck version of Spanish. They just put O at the name of the cat, like Jaguaro. <laughs> you got it, Nico. Uh yeah. That I feel like there's a lot more, but I don't really care about any of them. Nope, I've I've made a fool out of myself for the week. I'm now going to crawl into my hole and not come out till next Monday. Okay, how's your t-shirt fitting you? <laughs> uh, I need to start uh, doing some laps. That's what I need to start doing. So we started making profoundly pointless t-shirts. They're legitimately nice t-shirts. Like this, they're soft, aren't they? They are. Uh, it's surprising how how soft they actually are. That's no joke. And John, what size did you order exactly? An extra large. You know you're a two XL, dude. I, I no, it, it fits well. I mean, I'm not going to wash it ever, but it fits well right now. Can you see your nipples? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> only if it's cold outside. Well, it's cold in Detroit, so people gonna be seeing a <laughs> so lot of nipple. <laughs> Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it, and we really do we really do like you guys and girls. I always say just guys, but I think that everybody knows what I really mean. We really do like you, and we really do like hearing from you, and we really do appreciate you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.